Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you've never met Kevin Smith yourself, you've just heard him on the show. Correct. Uh, Kevin is one of those guys, like, you just feel like you knew him in high school. Like, right. He, he feels like every guy that we dropped acid with, that we went to punk rock shows or got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, guys like that were, were never... They were the. the it was interesting. The guys I ran around with, uh, they were always smart guys, but they were not afraid to get in trouble. They're right. always very, very funny, and they never quite fit in. And you wondered where they'd end up in life. And Kevin Smith, he absolutely feels like that to me. Like those guys where you went, you're definitely smart enough and you're clever enough to do whatever you want, but you are also have a double middle finger for authority. Absolutely. And, so it's, and, it's good to see one of those guys win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, Jake. Where are you? Hold on, Jake's. We, what do you got? Hey, I just got him. He's connected. He's on the hotline. Oh, excellent, then. So, yeah, like like I was saying, he feels like Kevin Smith to me has always felt like these guys I went to school with that were uh, you clearly smart enough to do whatever they wanted in life, but they had this healthy distaste for authority. And most of the guys I ran with also had a, a pretty good-sized taste for psychedelics. <laughs> and and uh, But he does. He feels like that friend that uh, you haven't talked to in a long time. Born August 2nd in Red Bank, New Jersey, in 1994, he became part of the new wave of independent filmmakers with his self-financed classic, Clerks. He's gone on to bring us such films as, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, J.M. Silent Bomb Strike Back, Clerks 2, J.M. Silent Bomb Reboot, and many more. And this Thursday night, you can see his latest film, Clerks 3, followed by a question and answer session as the Clerks 3 convenience store rolls into the Midland Theater. Please welcome, Kevin Smith. Hey, Kevin, where have you been? How have you been, more importantly? I've been so good, Johnny. Uh, where have I been? I've been everywhere, man. I have been everywhere, <laughs> as the man once sang. We uh, are on tour with Clerks 3. Um, I've been on tour since September 4th with the movie. We've been to 37 shows of 50. So I have 13 more, and then the tour wraps up December 6th, and I'm coming to Kansas City next uh, November 10th. Yeah. you. We were just talking on air that you always have reminded me through books and, and, and what you do for a living of these guys I used to run around with that were you knew they could do whatever they wanted. Now, would they? Who knew? Would they just implode? Uh, but they always had a healthy uh, distaste for authority and a love of of comedy and, and making people laugh with the absurd. And who who would have known you, a kid from New Jersey, would end up at 52 years of age 
with all these movies under your belt, all these accolades. And and also at 52 years of age, you know that the first time uh, the kid from Jersey part has not gone away. I've right. gotten to use it up. Uh, thanks to my dopey job for, for most of my life. I, I dressed like a 12 year old for heaven's sakes. And uh, I get to make pretend for a living, which has been uh, just everything quite amazing. But like, yeah. yeah, I was, when you said that thing before about like, you know, a, a healthy kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, distaste for authority. Yeah. Yeah. Reservation toward authority or distaste for authority. That has been, the running leitmotif in my life. And it's not like, you know, I'm like, man, uh, I don't like the cops or something like that. Anybody, anytime I could get in trouble in my life, and that includes parents, teachers, cops, other people's parents, like it always made me nervous. I still have this like fear of quote unquote getting in trouble and I'm 52. Yeah. But being in film ameliorated that. Because you're right, it's one of those things where you, you're, you're, you, you could do other things. You could put your powers to to good use in, in, in curing diseases, but instead, you're like, oh, you know, it'd be amazing if we got Ben Affleck and made pretend like we were stoners. <laughs> Let's get millions of dollars to make that happen. Right. So it's a very selfish, childish life, like where you're like, I want to play, you know, just like as a child would. And when, you know, somebody's like, well, we don't like that script or we don't have the budget for this movie, you, you react as a child does. Like, what do you mean no? I, I, you can't say no to me. I'm an artist. I remember on Jay and Silent Bob reboot, my AD, the assistant director, Dan, was so good at handling me whenever I jumped out of my manager bag. Because when you work in the arts, you tend to be uh, – it, it, it's a – Infantile field. Yeah, you're so from emotional. From time to time, you're infantile, you're, or you're infantile yourself. So he would, like, he'd be talking about something, or I'd be like, "Oh, I want to do this," and he'd be trying to explain, "No, or we can't do that." <laughs> and my problem is, I've been in the business so long that I'm like, "But I know what is and what isn't possible, and I don't ask for things that aren't possible." So then I start getting like, "Well, no, you don't understand. I can do this, and here's why." And Dan would do this thing, so patronizing. He would gently put his hand on my hand as you would when speaking to a child. And he would very calmly say to me, Kevin, I'm not saying no to you. And it did two things. Number one, it, it soothed me where I was like, all right, as long as I'm not here, no. But number two, his delivery and the hand touch were so <laughs> achingly patronizing that it reminded me, oh, my God, I'm acting like an infant. Like, right. grow up, for heaven's sake. Oh. Oh, dude, uh, so Bob, a-hole Bob, uh, is on the show with us today because uh, we needed him to fill in my boss for the last 20 years. And one time I walked into his goddamn townhome. We were going to go out drinking, and I'm thinking we're friends. You know, he is the program director, but he's got a book on how to manage ADHD people. I needed some right. help. <laughs> and I was, like, I, was like, I was like, what are you? I go, you're reading a book about how to handle me now? Shortcuts. Uh, Shortcuts yeah. to handling the talent. Yeah. <laughs> but I told him, that's, that's just for the office, not for the weekend. That's just for the office. So. Yeah, yeah. So I totally get it. And, and it's fun, man. Isn't that the best part of this life? It is dressing like a 12-year-old and getting to keep your creative side and not letting the world beat the imagination out of you. Like we see, we see, I see people do it to little kids now where they'll, you know, tell them to, you know, grow up or stop pretending in the yard. And I'm like, man, that's the best part of your entire brain. You need to encourage that. 
You are not kidding. And we breathe rarefied air when we get to do stuff like this for a living. We get to express yourself for a living. Like, you know, most mornings you get to get up, say what's in your head and heart. Yeah. Um, Talk about Like, think about I I would assume, Johnny, like me, that you're a person that doesn't necessarily need therapy because you do it all the time on the radio. You get to express yourself, unload your head and heart. So. Those of us that get to make pretend for a living, breathe rarefied air and appreciate that and understand Mm. it because we know we're getting away with the scam of the century. If we can make pretend all the way to the grave, then we've beat this rotten life. There's no way out of it, right? We're all going to die one day. So people like us figured out, like, the best way to spend that life is playing. Like, you know, remember the grasshopper and the ant, and then the grasshopper played, and the ant stored stuff, and then the grasshopper sung we are grasshoppers. Unfortunately, <laughs> all we exactly. want to do is play, make music and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, that's why, like, the first time, Clerks is one of those great movies that I don't need someone to tell you that they think it's the greatest film ever made. But I do know that if they didn't see the same thing I do, that we are probably not going to be friends. Not that either one is a bad person, but it's a great divider. Like the band, like ACDC, you don't have to love them. But if you were like, they suck, I'd be like, we can't be friends. That's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. And it's a, yes, it is a true litmus test. I, you know, I've, since I've been out on the road on the tour, you know, we do Q and a after the movie. So like I come out intro the movie, we show the movie clerks three, I watch it with the audience and then I come out and do a Q and a that's longer than the movie we just watched. <laughs> and people like it. They and what it. I keep, they, it's, they're so lovely, man. And they still keep pretending after all this time, like I know what I'm doing for heaven's <laughs> sakes as a filmmaker. Um, but it's it has been I, I've, every night I go out there I've described it as going to a church where I'm both the priest and Jesus at the same time and the congregation is so faithful yeah. and they're there for the story in, in weird ways like when we do the the the, uh, the tour screenings it's you know you've got like a thousand to eighteen hundred people who are hardcore fans who have been following right. the story for years just like a Marvel movie so like when you go to a Marvel movie and like you know in Endgame, all of a sudden Captain America catches Thor's hammer and everybody goes crazy because they've been following the story for right. like a decade and stuff. Yeah. So like we know what that means. Every night on tour with the convenience store of Clerks 3, I get 10, 15 of those moments where the audience erupts into applause over something they all collectively understand because they've been following the story for the better part of almost 30 years, man. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And at that point, I realized that like, Unlike my dad, I never had to really work for a living. This ain't work. Right. Even if it takes you like 18-hour days, you never feel like you're working for heaven's sakes because it's joy. You know, you're getting to make pretend for a living. I, and what better, I mean, seriously, we all got to check out of this life. Like, I watched my father, he worked at the post office uh, most of his life, and late shift at night, you know, canceling stamps from 11 o'clock till 7 in the morning. And he hated his job. Every morning he got up, every night, because he worked the night shift, he would like kind of fight with my mom about having to go into work and we'd be like, Grace, please call in for me. I can't do it tonight. Oh. Like he just hated his government job. Oh. And he never sat me down and said, son, don't do what I did. But I saw how it affected him. And I was like, from an early age, look, I'll take my shot doing almost anything else other than the thing that I'm supposed to do. Because if it works out, Oh my God, that would be such a better thing than the thing I'm supposed to do. I saw what working did to my father. So I was like, if I could find an alternative, and if my alternative to work was play, 
And if that play was the thing I love, like I loved watching TV, I loved watching movies. If I could gravitate toward that, like then, I don't know, uh, that'd be worth taking a shot. If it doesn't work, then I'll get a standard job like my dad or something. And mercifully, it it did work out. And the old man got to see it. Like Pop got to see me. You know, uh, he, he made it all the way up to right before Jersey Girl came out. So he got to see like a good almost 10 years of, of my career and was always flabbergasted. Right. Like my idiot son did this. Yeah. This is yeah. right. And I feel like we were, had such similar upbringings because I used to think my old man, I was like, man, does my dad hate me? He's mad all the time. And then you get old and you realize he wasn't mad. He just didn't have the life he wanted. And it, and it, exactly. it made him angry he was, at that. It, it, made, it made him old. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when I, I, my whole life, I only, my whole young life, I only knew my dad as dad like that's my dad he pays the bills right dad sleeps during the day so you got to be quiet dad was like a figurehead going to the movies with my father that's who i learned who he was that's when i met my dad like i didn't meet my dad i knew my dad my whole life but i met don smith the guy who was my father because in the movie theater that's when he came to life that's when you saw the boy in him come out man we went to see raiders of the lost ark and it was an empty matinee show and he spoke to me more during that film excitedly than he ever spoke to me in my entire life prior <laughs> yes, to that. He was like, oh, my yes. God, can you believe this? He's going, this is the kind of movie I used to see with your Aunt Barbara when we were kids. It's called Cliffhanger. And, like, we would see the beginning of it, and then, then it ended, and we had to come back the next week to watch the movie. That's what this is. It's a cliffhanger. This is amazing. I'm having a great time. You're having a great time. It's like, you're so <laughs> But you know, it was like, I got to see who he really was. Like the arts brought that out of him, man. That Indiana Jones brought out my dad's childish heart. And then I also saw my dad cry in the movies as a kid. And that'll, that'll blow your hair back. You've never seen sure. like a grown ass man cry. And all of a sudden we're seeing Raging Bull. And I look over to, believe it or not, he takes me to see Raging Bull, right? Because, and I was young, I was like 10 years old, but the, uh, you know, I loved Rocky. And so I was like, yeah, boxing movie. And then Raging Bull is a wonderful film, but it ain't, it's not Rocky, um, especially for like a 10 year old. It's very right. black and white, studying humanity, right. brilliant Martin Scorsese movie. But I remember being a kid sitting in that movie theater as the guy who would one day make clerks. And I was like, Ugh, I hate black and white movies. So I looked over, <laughs> I looked over at my father because I'm bored and my father's crying like he's bawling through the movie and he ain't been punched it's not like somebody died even when we went to funerals I saw my father cry there he is crying at the movie something moved him in the film the arts moved him so much he was crying in front of me and I remember that was like tacit approval for a young kid like it's okay to cry at movies like this is my dad he's a man's man and here he is reduced to an emotional mess because of like this flickering set of images right then and there I knew that movies had power beyond simply being entertained. And I wanted to hold that power. I wanted to have the power to reach my dad emotionally. Like how, you know, it sounds weird, but like, no, we never stopped. We never, we never stopped seeking that approval from the old man. Yeah. No, it's, it's, so you just reminded me, uh, as my dad got older, he had an aneurysm. And, and so over time he had this, uh, it's a form of dementia like in Alzheimer's basically just from the damage to the brain. And so he was, he was off and I walk in his living room years, a few years back before he passed and he's crying and I'd never seen my dad cry. Same thing. I was like, Oh, uh Oh, I sit down in the ottoman in front of him and I face him and I'm like, dad, what's going on? And uh, he looks past me and he points at the TV 
and he he's watching Touched by an Angel. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. He's wrecked by Touched by an Angel. Della Reese is bringing it out of him. Oh, my God. And I'm like, and in my head, all I'm screaming is, you beat me with my own Hot Wheels track you gave me for Christmas. Like, <laughs> Uh, and those tracks hurt, kids. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people in the audience might be like, why is that a big deal? Those orange tracks hurt yes. when they hit you, man. That's so funny. I hadn't thought about that in forever, man. It, it is true. And that's, I remember it's the first time I ever heard my dad laugh was Smokey and the Bandit. And it was like it was like hearing some kind of noise you'd never heard. You just turn around. You're like, is that coming out of my father, a laugh? Like, and, and I'll tell you, man, part of, part, part, part of the reason I do what I do is because not only my father would take me to the movies, but when we saw Burt Reynolds' movies, and he would, like, the Cannonball Run films and stuff, um, he would end with, uh, you know, a montage of people breaking character and laughing. Yeah. Bloopers. And that was early, like, you know, nowadays that's everywhere. But when I was a kid, nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever really showed you like people cracking up, breaking character. Bloopers was a really new thing. It became a TV show later on. But him, Burt Reynolds, doing it at the end of his movies yes. made movies look so fun. Yes. Like, it, like, look at these people. Look at them. They're, they're messing up, and they're still having a good time. They don't get fired. Like, in fact, they're using this footage. It's so fun. It just it made the movie business look like a good time. Like, they're just adults. And they're sitting around making pretend, and then they start cracking up, and and they stop. Like, oh my god, it made me, it made the movie business seem like a thing you wanted to be in, even if it was the furthest thing in the world. We lived in New Jersey, man. It's like there was no nobody around here who was like, hey, you two could be a filmmaker. But watching like my father crack up at the the outtakes and the bloopers was absolutely everything. It, you know, again, tacitly implies to a child. Look at how your father reacts to yeah. this. Imagine yes. if you could do that and make your father laugh, make your father cry. Um, and what a fun job that looks like. Yeah. Look at those people. Without a doubt. Like they're just, they're partying for heaven's sakes. And, and make it pretend it's just like you and your friends when you're running around playing Star Wars. The, the only difference is they get paid for it. Kevin, I got to ask you, how is it you still love this so deeply and honestly, and genuinely, you can hear it. And there's just, there's just no, there's no faking this. And I, and then you, you hear these other people in that from Hollywood and you, actors and even musicians that get, they, that this, ah, the ever popular tortured art poser effect. You know, the, 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 it's so hard and it's so, or I don't care for it anymore, or it's just a, a burden. And uh, to me, exactly as you're describing it, that's how it all felt to me, and how it's always felt to me. Yeah, no, for me, it's pure joy. Yeah. I know I'm getting away with something here. You're like, stealing, yeah, it's like it, stealing. Yeah, it is. It is the greatest scam in history because you're convincing a bunch of people to give you millions of dollars to go make pretend. Crazy. To do something that makes you happy. And you hope that it's going to make other people happy. That's the idea, right? Nobody make, tries to make a bad movie. You're trying to make a movie that everyone will enjoy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Yeah. But that that kind of like... That, that always, I, I understand that I'm breathing rare air. I don't think yeah. this is Gratitude. manifest. I don't think I deserve this. I'm not like, hey, this is always going to happen. I got lucky, man, right. really lucky. That's it. But being in a position where you're like, I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I don't have to 
age, even though I'm, I am aging, I'm 52, but it's like, I, I still feel like I'm in my twenties because I'm doing the thing I was doing in my twenties that I absolutely loved and still love today. I appreciate Perfect. it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just never taking it for granted was something that was built into my DNA. I was a fat kid. So, you know, any girl that gave me the time of day, uh, yeah, you know, pure got gratitude, my, totally. Oh, pure nothing but slobbering gratitude yes, for yes, me day. too, man. You uh, well, that's so that the, goes for the career as well. Yeah. Double for the career, even you know, it's it's like I, I get it. I'm lucky. The Q and A, and this is something I love so much is you know you're on the tour, and so Clerk Street, you guys are gonna roll through uh, Kansas City next Thursday with Kevin Smith, and so you can go see the movie, and then you, this question answer, just what you're hearing right now, just this discussion where people, you know, that barrier is broken, and so many people I think want to keep that barrier up because I think it makes them feel more grandiose and and, and it's more special. But you, you, it's the the walls down. And it's just a bunch of people who love these movies and get the humor and get the moment. And, and I think it's what makes it so great. It's, um, it, it, from, it, it, I'll tell you what makes it all great is that I, I think I'm almost 30 years in. I'm about 29 years in at this point. Next year will be Clerk's 30th anniversary, or at least the 30th anniversary of us shooting it. Uh, 2024 will be the 30th anniversary of it being released. And in all that time, um, I've never once been like, man, this job sucks. No. <laughs> you do, do, do. Even when people are like, even when people attack the movies, you know, like, you know, there were days after Yoga Hosers where I was like, is this business all it's cracked up to be? Yeah. So every once in a while, if you have something that doesn't work, you yeah. feel it. But it, it's still ridiculous because the good, the positive that comes with it, the overwhelming good fortune of being able to tell stories for a living well um you know sometimes the stories connect sometimes they don't but but at least that's every time every morning i wake up you know this is how i'd split the difference my father used to wake up and every morning he would have to be like what do i have to do i wake up every morning and i'm like what do i want to do yeah and that has made all the difference yeah yes yes it's it's and you've made something clerks so genuine and, and resonating that I remember the first time watching it, just going, this was for me. This is for my friends. This is the guys I laugh. This is the stuff we laugh at and we get, and, and we just, we just couldn't get enough. And then of course went on to do everything else. So I, I can't wait to see clerks three. And uh, man, I don't want to take up all your morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, but I just, man, I've always enjoyed every time you've come by, when you come through Kansas City, all the movies that you've done, the way you, you live, and just, it's, uh, I think for everybody to hear it so genuinely is, uh, I think it makes everybody's day a little bit better, man. It makes us all feel good about uh, how we should be. You've always treated me so incredibly well. I, I love whenever I'm on the show because you you have that. That, that voiceover that tells my life story and I love listening to it. Oh my God, I sound so cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, John. You've always been super supportive and whatnot. And you just get it, man. You're you're living life right too. You're just like me. You understand like we're lucky. Yeah, indeed. And listen, I'll see you next Thursday. Yeah, man. Come on out. Intro me for heaven's sake. Come on stage. Ever, man, whatever you need, always. And uh, dude, always good to hear your voice. Uh, you wear the legend well, Kevin. Really good, man. Oh, my God, Johnny, thank you so much. You guys rock, man. I'll see everyone out in Kansas on the 10th. It's going to be amazing. Back at the Midland. Hang on. Hang on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.